On this episode of the Game Time Guru, I've got the local hockey expert, CC, in the house to discuss something big that's happening in the NHL. That's right. This is CC Hockley here talking about the Vegas Golden Knights and how they're not just smashing expectations in the NHL as an expansion franchise, but in all sports pro leagues as well. Are you ready for this, CC? I am totally ready for this. Let's do this. All right. Buckle up. This is the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Woo! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Game Time Guru. I'm your host, Shane Larson, as you know. And as I said in the introduction, I've got the local hockey expert here, CeCe Hockley, in the house once again as we break down the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, CeCe, I don't know, five, six times? I don't know how many times you've been with me now. This is going to be number five. Of course you would know. You would know number five. (laughs) I'm kind of a numbers (laughs) geek that way, so yeah, that just naturally tallies in my head. So number five with me, however, like we said the last time, you joined me for the Jersey Talk with Derek Roy, and uh, we talked about your 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 new endeavors, right? That's and correct. what you had started. And you had mentioned the Sinbin. I kind of want to talk about this first, uh, CC, and, and your content that you're that you're you're putting out there. What are some of the things you've been writing for the Sinbin? You're, you're covering the Steelheads. Cover that a little bit more for us. So mainly, I'm doing game recaps for the Sinbin. Okay. I started at the end of November. And I've probably produced about seven or eight game recaps. I did a, a feature piece as my first piece, interviewing the director of media relations and broadcasting, Brian McCormick. Okay. Um, he calls all of the the Steelheads games on radio and TV, um, all seventy-two games, both home and away. And I also did another feature piece on Tulsa Oilers alternate captain Joey Sides. He actually grew up in Sun Valley, Idaho, and so I got a little interview with him and wrote a feature piece on that. Um, otherwise, I've just been doing game recaps and holding it down that way. And you kind of have your own little podcast out there right now. Can you t- talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I So I'm, I put the interviews that I do with normally with a player and the coach okay. is, is what I do. I you know edit them real quick. It's usually anywhere between two and three and four and five minute interviews between the coach and the player. And then I also... I also do episodes. I'm actually, I just finished up episode five. I'm trying to put them out every week on a Tuesday. On Tuesdays. On Tuesdays. And I kind of have divvied it up into three sections. I start off with a section called Home Cooking. Okay. And I I, I talk about the Idaho Steelheads for the first portion of the podcast. And then I, the middle section is called Puck World. And and you go into, you go into the, the hockey world at large, you know, just what's going on, NHL, World, Olympics, things like that. And then the closing one, I've just kind of been using as a kind of a little, you know, decompressed sort of thing, just whatever I've been kind of learning in my life regarding either podcasts or in general, you know, I talked about relief versus restoration when you're taking a break, right? you know, and just, just because you get relief from something doesn't mean that you're being rejuvenated and restored. Right. So kind of a little nugget of, I guess you could call it wisdom, but yeah. But, you know, just whatever I feel led to to share, you know, three to five minutes of whatever's going on in my life. Man, to be honest with you, I love that part of it because you're not only dropping sports knowledge, do your thing, talking about, you know, hockey and, and what you're passionate about. I love that. Like, you threw that in there and it was like, this is a nice little kick. And you're easy to listen to, as everybody already knows. Like, it's an easy listen and it's it's interesting. But for my listeners that may not know where to find your, your podcast at, where can they find it? 
they can go on cchockley.podbean.com. I'm, I'm podbean. in the, com. at podbean.com. P-O-D-B-E-A-N. And I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, more diversified like your podcast to get it available on iTunes and, you know, other platforms as well, maybe YouTube and things like that. But okay. for the meantime, cchockley.podbean.com. Nice. All right, go check it out. He's, as you guys know, like he's the hockey expert. He's easy to listen to. He's fun. Um, he's got his thing going on. What is the most important thing or what's the best thing you've learned so far since you've started writing and you're seeing success there and you started kind of doing the audio version with the podcast? Like what have you learned and how do you feel like you've been growing? Oh, man. It's, uh, you know, it can be a bit of a grind sometimes. Yeah. You know, that's kind of why I tackled the relief versus restoration in the last podcast. You know, last night I covered the Idaho Steelheads versus the Allen Americans and you know, I'm just so amped up after the game that uh-huh. there's just a bunch of thoughts running through my head. It would be really difficult for me to work for a newspaper and have a solid like midnight one o'clock deadline because usually I'm up until two or three in the morning and just, you know, trying to to whittle it down and and just get it taken care of. Um, I really enjoyed the camaraderie with some of the other Sinbin riders right. um, for some of the AHL teams and ECHL teams. We have a big group uh, direct message going on on Twitter and we just bounce ideas off of each other and the way that these guys are just immersed in the game I mean even so much more so than I ever am you know they know all of the ripples and all of the inklings and you know all of the rumblings going on in the right. in the hockey world in the ECHL world it's just it amazes me and just to glean some of that every time I you know log into that group chat or group you know tweet or whatever you want to call it it's just it's humbling and it's it's very you know, stimulating as well. That's so cool, man. Like you get to, it's, that's cool. If you're meeting new people, that's one of the things I've learned in this podcast, like journey that I've had now that's been going on for a year this month. Um, just meeting other podcasters that are like like-minded sports podcasters for that matter. And, and some others that aren't even related to sports, but like just meeting other people in social media groups and stuff, you just network. And when you're around people like that, it's, it's really motivating because you get to see people maybe that are like even more so into sports than I am, which I never thought could happen. But now I realize I'm like, there's a lot of people that love sports just like I do, if not more. And they have a lot more knowledge, but you can bounce ideas off each other and you learn a lot from that. I want to talk about some, uh, just real quick, go over some brief sports, uh, sports topics for that matter. Today is, is Saturday. We're going to be pushing this out next Friday, but it's the first day of the NFL playoffs. Um, I kind of want to get your your thoughts since I haven't talked to you for a couple of weeks in regards to this. What what was your thoughts on the NFL season? Just to go over this real quick. Man, it was very just. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it weird. Was, it was really unpredictable. I mean, for the first time in a long time, you don't have the Packers in the playoffs. You don't have the Cowboys in the playoffs. Sorry, Shane. I know it's <laughs> You don't have these you know major players that you normally see. Denver's not in it. You no. know. Yep. No, they sure ain't. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I bring them up, but. No, you just have these major players that, you know, you would expect to see in the playoffs that just that just didn't make it. So you've got Jacksonville. I mean, they had a sneaky good season. Right. You know, they're the number three seed in the AFC. They're going to be playing the Bills. You want to talk about sneaking into the playoffs. You know, the Bills sent a whole grip right. of Buffalo wings <laughs> to Cincinnati because Cincinnati, their victory was contingent on the Bills. Well, right. Yeah, the Bills making the playoffs was contingent on Cincinnati winning. So, yeah, they're the sixth seed. And, you know, you've got the Titans sneaking in there. You've also got the Los Angeles Rams against the Falcons. I mean, there's just a lot of a lot of new faces this year right. that weren't in there last year. And I want your thoughts on this. Do you think any of those, like, one-offs, like, the like let's just say the Bills or the Titans, do you think any of them actually have a shot of getting past the wild card? Or is it just more of a, you know what, moral victory? We got there. 
that's what we needed to do now as a stepping stone. I think if Kansas City kind of pulls himself up by their bootstraps and, you know, just kind of hunkers down and, you know, just does what they did, if, if they continue doing what they did earlier in the season, I mean, yeah, they kind of stumbled midway through and even into the later part of the season. But I don't see Tennessee going past the wild card round. The Bills, I think, could have a chance to upset Jacksonville, quote unquote, upset. Uh huh. Because Blake Bortles is kind of bipolar. He's, bipolar is a really good <laughs> word for it. He's very bipolar, so he could, you know, have a multiple turnover game, and and that'll be it for the Jaguars this season. But yeah, the Bills, I think, would have a better chance than the Titans. Okay. To move on. I'm I'm kind of with you on that. And something that's interesting is the NFC South. You got the Falcons. You got the Saints. You got the Panthers. I got three teams in there this year. I'm th- I'm taking from my wild card, or I wouldn't even say wild card, but my dark horse. I think the Saints legitimately are the best team in the in the league right now. They're the hottest. With the Eagles losing their quarterback, obviously Wentz goes down at the end of the season. You just never know. Not saying they can't do it, but I just don't know yet. It's the unknown with Foles starting for them. And then I don't know if I trust the Rams yet. They have a great defense. I just don't know yet. So I think the Saints, with their experience and the way that they're playing, they actually have a balanced attack with running and passing. Man, and their defense finally, finally – has learned how to play football. Like they've never been a defensive team. They've always been one-sided and I think this is the most well-rounded Saints team I've seen in a while. I would not be surprised. We'll see what happens after this weekend, maybe next week when this launches. I'm completely wrong, but I think the Saints have a good shot at making a run for it, dude. You know, Shane, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, you've got the veteran leadership of Drew Brees. I think he just turned 39 years old. Can you believe that? Yeah, he's a grandpa just like Brady. Isn't just that funny? like Brady. <laughs> yeah, just like Brady and they're still they're still balling out it's as unreal. grandpas, seriously. And you know, Jared Goff is very young. The Rams' offense runs through Todd Gurley. Right. That's the thing, is that they're not as diversified as the Saints' offense. You have Drew Brees. You've got a young Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. You've got Willie Sneed. You've got – and then you've got the two-headed monster of Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Yes. So you don't have just like a, a, a single back, you know, offense and having the whole offense run through, you know, Todd Gurley like Los Angeles, but with New Orleans – yeah, they're gonna be they're they're sneaky. They yes. they're definitely a dark horse. Carolina, I wouldn't sleep on Carolina though. You know, because Cam's been there. Christian McCaffrey's a good young running yeah, back. Yeah, he's looking good. But uh, you know, they dealt away Kev- Kelvin Benjamin to yeah. Buffalo, so it's like, um, you know, who? I mean, who really? I mean, they got Greg Olson back. Yeah. from injuries. So Olsen's playing well. He's always consistent. But mm-hmm. like like you said, I mean, I think other receivers have stepped up for the Panthers, like Funchess and stuff. But you know what? Like they don't have that consistent play in my mind. I do think that because they have been there in recent years, they might have a shot at it. But I'm I'm excited for the playoffs because, like you said, you said it was weird. Perfect way to describe the NFL. It's like completely different than every year. And now, obviously, the Patriots on the AFC are probably going to run through. The Steelers may have a shot at, at taking them out if they get there, but uh, I still think the Patriots are the front runner there. Mm-hmm. But man, the NFC, it's a wide open race. Now, in the NBA, um, real quick, I want your thoughts on the balls, okay? Not, <laughs> okay, so I'm talking about the ball family, the big baller brand, BBB. And Leangelo and LaMelo are now over in Lithuania, about to start playing over there this, this year. I just kind of want your thoughts because we don't talk a lot about the NBA, minus the jerseys that we just talked about, but like, I want to know what your thoughts are on the ball, ball family and what's going on there with Lonzo on the Lakers and the, the two brothers now heading over to Lithuania. I kind of want to be a stick in the mud and saying that that's not really NBA because you didn't even mention Lonzo, who's in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I just kind of want to ignore that whole thing. But <laughs> I'm you brought it up, so I will, I will entertain it and not uh, – yeah. 
I'll in, I'll entertain that. <laughs> um, I think them going over to Lithuania is just kind of a. It's 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 mind boggling, you know, just for for their father to kind of uproot them both. Right. Um, you know, I I can't even keep I can't even keep the two younger brothers straight. Who was going to UCLA? Was it La- was it Leangelo was at UCLA? Right, and he, in high school. Leangelo was at UCLA. He got in trouble for some shoplifting accusations while the team was in China, and then Lavar just pulled pulled him out of UCLA, and they both bounced to Lithuania. I mean, five hundred bucks a month. They're in a country where the head coach does not speak a lick of English right. for the team that they're playing for. So I think that wherever LeVar goes, he's going to create a media, just a media storm and just kind of just stir up attention, stir up, you know, promotion. And I I don't know if it's the best business plan, but apparently it's working Yeah, because <laughs> all the pundits are talking about him. We're talking about him. Yep. We're talking about a couple of young kids playing in Lith- Lithuania for crying out loud. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, I mean, whatever he's doing, I guess – I guess it's working. It's working, and I and I fell victim to it. Like you said, I'm <laughs> talking about it. I even brought him up. Now let's let's get into the real NBA real quick. Okay, who's your MVP this season so far? We're almost midway through the year. I kind of want to see what you think. There's a lot of good players out there this year. Man, just like the All Star vote, um, you know, kind of reflects Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. I How mean, did you say his last name? Oh boy, I can't say it. So that's why I'm I'm actually impressed. Antetokounmpo. Not even I, surprised I, at all, though. Yeah, I mean, well, me and my buddy, I mean, me and Derek, we've, yeah. met, we've mentioned Giannis a few times, so Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> I have to say it fast, otherwise I'll second-guess myself. But, you know, Giannis has really stepped up for Milwaukee. I mean, he was already doing that with – he was already doing that with the Bucks last season. Right. He's really taking it to another level this year. Um, Kyrie in Boston. Oh, my goodness. I mean – He's having quite a season. Uh, every time I see him on SportsCenter, every time I see him play, it's just – it's phenomenal. I yeah. mean, you know, I would say Westbrook isn't as um, isn't as impressive as he was last year, but um, I mean, you got James Harden in Houston. Houston's doing great this yes. year. Gosh, MVP this year. Of course, LeBron's always in the running, but man, anywhere between Kyrie, Giannis, and LeBron, I mean, it's still halfway through the season. Yeah, so it's we got be a, tough, huh? We got a lot of basketball left to be played, but, you know, that's why we've got all-star selections going on right now instead of the MP- sure. MVP race. But, yeah, I'd say those three are pretty pretty well the, the, the front runners. Who do you pick one of the NBA finals this year, just if you had to choose right now, based I, on what you're saying? If I had to choose right now, I would say – I would say the Golden State Warriors still. I mean, still they're riding high. They're yeah. I mean, they're thirty-one and eight right now, which is very surprising because they kind of you know stuttered out of the gate this season. Mm-hmm. But they're they're first in the they're first in the Western Conference. Yeah. So, just based on who Steph Curry is, who Kevin Durant is, and who the supporting cast is, I mean, you you can't go against experience and you can't go against that roster. <laughs> I totally agree. Some somehow they keep getting better every year with uh with new additions to the team somehow they they keep getting new additions and it, and it frustrates me but they're probably I'm, I'm with you on that one i still think they're the front runner for the for the finals now let's jump into what we wanted to discuss mainly on today's show the main topic and that is the vegas golden knights now we've brought up the golden knights in previous podcasts um you've talked about like you talked about how the expansion draft was actually going to take place before it even happened you educated the listeners on how that process goes. Um, and then we also had an article that you wrote about the city of Las Vegas, how sports were going there, all this 
stuff. So we've kind of brought light to this situation already. Now we're, you know, into the season and this team is seeing a lot of success. But that's really weird because typically these expansion teams, I mean, I shouldn't say typically, but it is like very more often than not is what I'll say. Expansion teams experience what we call the expansion blues, especially in their first season or two. And it's just crazy to see an expansion team having this success. Uh, let's talk about some teams that, that might have, you know, like the Orlando Magic, for instance. Teams that didn't see success early into their tenure. Do you remember the Orlando Magic, or at least the story of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I even refreshed myself with the ESPN 30 for 30. Yes. This, this magic moment. Yeah, one of the best. One of the best. I be like that it, one. It was very good. Very good. Yeah, so like I was looking into this and and uh, and that thirty for thirty, they won a total of seventy games in their first three seasons. So people they think that the Magic like they had Shaq right when they first started all this stuff and they they saw success. No, it, it took them a few years to actually see success. Seventy games in the first three seasons is not very good. That's terrible in the NBA. Okay, so like they were bad, bad, bad basketball team. Um, going into baseball, the Arizona Diamondbacks sixty oh sorry sixty five games in their first year. But we all know baseball, they play like 195. No, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> but they play a lot of games. 142 right? games. There yeah. you go. Or 162. Yeah. A lot of games. A lot of games. Don't only win 65. Some people think 65 games is a great thing. No. 65 games is awful. Houston Texans. Do you remember the Texans when they, they were the expansion team in the NFL? You know I do. Yeah. See, I remember the Texans because here's what happened. They're, first off. Uh, David Carr was on Fresno, mm -hmm. and Boise State played Fresno. We actually upset them when they were the eighth team in the country. They were actually making a run for it to be in the national championship that year. They were like the underdog team that was coming through, ranked number eight. Boise State goes into Fresno and upsets them on national TV, right? And it was amazing. It was on a Friday night, I believe, and it was insane. Such an awesome game. But I remember just watching that, and like David Carr's season was ruined because Boise State upset him. And then he gets to be the first pick in the draft. Texans are the expansion team. And their very first game, the inaugural game, was in the preseason against the Dallas Cowboys. And we had Quincy Carter as our quarterback. And we were all excited for the season. We're like, oh, we're going to do really well. Quincy Carter's a stud. He's athletic. This is going to be great. We go into Houston for their inaugural game. We lose in the, in the preseason game. It was like 19-10 or something like that. It was really – we looked awful. Like, nothing's changed. But the Texans had a really, really bad season. They ended up 4-12, and I believe. It was their final record, but they were awful. And even for a couple of years after that with David Carr, like he never had an offensive line. The Texans couldn't put together a solid team. And a lot of people were saying, well, that's just too difficult to do. When you have all these NFL teams that are already put together, they're already got these established organizations, established teams, veteran leadership and stuff. And then you try to put these teams, these players together piece by piece. It's different than like doing a free agent pickup like the Miami Heat did with LeBron James and you know Chris Bosh to join Dwayne Wade. Like you, can, you can't just pick the greatest players. You have a process that you have to go through, and it takes some time to mesh. And the Texans never saw it. Um, they were terrible. And then like the Charlotte Bobcats. Do you remember when they then they came back to Charlotte? So they oh, moved over to New Orleans, yeah. and then they put the Charlotte team back in there in the Bobcats. Right. Yep. And you know Jordan in the in the leadership, dude. You know, the the ownership group and. Yeah, it was a big deal, but they didn't make a very big deal on the court. That's no, sure. and they had like there. I was looking at the roster yesterday as I was putting this together because I remember them coming in there and like they had Gerald Wallace, who was he turned out to be probably their best player, but he wasn't even that great. He was very athletic, long, lanky, athletic guy. But um, Emeka Okafor, who was the he was the center for UConn, yep. great player, but he's very undersized for an NBA, you know, standards. Right. They picked him like I think it was the second pick of the draft. Mecca Okafor, and then he never really did anything for him, unfortunately. 
and they just had this roster full of nobodies, basically. And that's just how it is usually with expansion teams. Mm-hmm. They usually don't have like the they just they put together the team and it's just they experience the expansion blues. Now, you wrote about the Golden Knights. You you've talked about Vegas specifically. Let's talk about how they did not experience, or they have not experienced, knock on wood, the expansion blues. Okay, uh, let's let's talk about this. The concern was the fact that we didn't know if the fans would show up to the games. That's one of the things. How have the fans been? Oh my goodness, the fans have just. <laughs> Shane, you're dying over there. Hey, man. <laughs> the fans have just eaten the Golden Knights up. They are the only pro game in town. You've got hundreds of fans going to practices. I mean, it's that's insane. It's insane. It's just hockey fever has really gripped Vegas. Um, you know, being on Twitter and being active on Twitter, the Vegas Golden Knights Twitter account is just pure fire. Really, like it is. It is. There's just a bunch of pop culture references. It's intriguing. You know, it's it's not just your bland, oh, and so and so scored the goal with so and so getting the assist. You know, they're they're starting to name, you know, give the players nicknames and take ownership of the players. You know, William Carlson, they called him they call him Wild Bill. You okay. know, you, you adhere to this Wild West motif out in Las Vegas, you know, you've got Wild Bill Carlson, you know, even though he's Swedish, you know. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 phenomenal. Like the the fans in the Vegas area have really grown attached and they've really taken ownership of the team and made them their own. That's so rad, man. Like, that's what I'm seeing is that, like, the fans love it. Their attendance at the games is insane. From what I saw, like, they have, like, 14,000 season ticket holders. For for a team that wasn't even existing, that showed that the fans wanted a pro sports team. Oh, yeah. 14,000. That's a lot of people for, yeah. a, for a stadium that doesn't even hold 18. Like, it's, it's like 17,000 some odd people, like 800 or something. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know the exact number that T-Mobile Arena holds, but, you know, you look at the Arizona Coyotes, and they're not doing well. They haven't done well for a long time, but Commissioner Gary Bettman, he's got a, a very soft spot in his heart for the Arizona Coyotes and hockey in the desert and what have you. But for Vegas, you know, people were predicting, okay, it's going to be the same thing as Arizona. You know, people are going to kind of be, you know, they're going to kind of be, you know, excited about it for the first season or two, and then it's going to trickle off. They're not going to do well because they're an expansion team. You know, they're just crushing all expectations, though. It's insane, dude. They're, they're Okay, keep in mind, they are averaging 17,854 people, according to ESPN.com, when I checked that per game. Like, that, that's a sellout, essentially, for them, because I don't even think it holds that many seats by rule, but they obviously, that I mean, we know how they're, that goes. They're standing room only seats and tickets that they sell, yeah. That so. means that they are pretty much selling out every single game that they go to, and the demand for season tickets, I guess, is going up, from what I was told. For a team that hasn't even proven themselves, 14,000 season tickets, averaging over 17,000 people at the games. That's a lot of money coming into the economy as well. Like, right. It's it's amazing. And a lot of it has to do with the success on the ice, right? They're having a lot of success this year, which is, like we said, it's unheard of, I guess. It's just not a, a normal thing for an expansion team. What have you noticed as far as, like, what contributes to their success on the ice? What do you think is the, the reason for this? Well, let's rewind a few months. I okay. mean, you, you go back – you remember the the shooting that occurred in Las Vegas, right? You know, and the I believe it took place on October first, and that was right at the point where the Vegas Golden Knights were starting their season. You know, their opening game at T-Mobile Arena, they they just you know they they honored the victims, they right. honored the the first responders, and so with something like that, 
you know, it's just a mat. It's it's a matter of something being deeper than just a hockey team, right? You know, and when it's already you know completely sewn into and hard woven by you know fire, you know, it's just tried in a crucible, if you will. This idea of a of a team just identifying it, uh, identifying itself rather with a city, right? I mean, Vegas, you know, just completely. They just completely entrench themselves into, you know, being Vegas strong, exactly as as they put it. And so, you know, with that kind of identity that was forged at the very beginning of the season, I mean, the timing couldn't have been if if a tragedy like this was going to occur, which heaven forbid it ever does occur. Right. But if a tragedy was going to occur to have something as unifying as a sports team to rally around and to dare I say distract from, you know, and, and help cope with this tragedy. That's definitely, that's definitely something that's going to, you know, that's going to solidify, that's going to solidify a franchise in a city. Right. And you know what? That's it's, I mean, we don't like to see tragedies like that happen, obviously, but I brought it up multiple times. The, the main reason I started this podcast is because I truly believe that sports, we know what's happening in the NFL. Obviously there's some like discussion going on there, but typically sports bring people together. They will unify people, uh, fans in particular, because you can get away from all those things that are going on in the world. And for those two or three hours that you're at that sporting event, you are unified for one common goal. You're cheering on your team. So it makes you feel like this, this unity, which we don't always see in the world. So that's what's really cool to see. And I'm glad you brought that up is that the timing couldn't have been better for this. Now on the ice itself, they're, they're, they're killing it. And I just want to make sure, like the the listeners know, like what's going on. So they're they're I, I see that their defense is actually holding pretty strong. They're playing really well together, from what I was able to see. But from the hockey expert, who's probably the best player on the the, the Golden Knights for Vegas? Do you know, like what what would you say is the best player, or is it just the the whole team effort? I would say it's it. A lot of it is a team effort. Okay. You know, I mean, you've got. Obviously, your alternate, well, your captain. I mean, he was an alternate captain in Nashville. I brought him up during yep. the first. I brought him up during the first podcast. But James Neal, yeah, you know, he's he's been hurt off and on this season, but he's really been, you know, he's really been a, a stabilizing figure there. You've got Mark Andre Fleury, who's got three Stanley Cup championships to his name. You know, he was the goaltender for Pittsburgh. He is getting older. I think he's thirty-two years old, and so with him having kind of a veteran presence and goal, you know, that's helped as well. But the thing is their goalie situation hasn't been solid. They've had five different starting goaltenders this year. Normally you've got your, your starter, your primary goaltender and your backup and your backup is going to start a number of games during the season because you don't want your starter getting tired. Right. That's the thing. But with Marc-Andre Fleury, he played four games and then he got hurt. He got injured. I believe he had concussion related symptoms and so he had to sit out. So the backup, you know, the backup Malcolm Subban um, came in, and then he got hurt. And then you bring in Oscar Dansk from the Chicago Wolves, and then he got hurt. And then you bring in this kid, you know, um, Dylan Ferguson, who's 19 years old, playing for the Western Hockey League, you know, and then he gets hurt. It's just like, yeah, uh, well, he didn't get hurt. No, he was the fifth goaltender. I, I missed one in there somewhere, but – um, Maxim Legacy. Okay. Maxim Legacy. It's a 
French Canadian name, and I struggle so bad with French Canadian <laughs> pronunciations. But you can say Ante whatever Kumbo Giannis <laughs> Ante de Kumbo. There you go. So you can say that, but you can't say. The I guess French I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with Greek, but yeah, when it comes to French, man, I the, the Idaho Steelheads goaltender is Philip Derosier. I, I have a bad habit of calling him DeRosiers, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's DeRosier. DeRosier. So, yeah, but Maxim Legassi, um, yeah, he was the, the fourth goaltender, and then he got hurt, and then Dylan Ferguson. Anyway, so I would say Neil. I would say um, William Carlson, like I brought up. I mean, he's a promising young player. I would say as well that you've also got um, – Gentleman by the name of Jonathan Marchessault. Okay. Again, another French Canadian yeah. name that I struggle with. Marchessault. <laughs> He's 27. He's a young, you know, a young forward. They actually signed him to a six-year, thirty million dollar contract. I just saw that. Yes. Yes. So, um, I mean, a lot of these guys are just role players that were castoffs that were relegated to the expansion draft by, you know, a random amount of teams. And Vegas has kind of rallied around that point and said, you know. This is the revenge tour. You know, your your previous team thought that you weren't good enough to be part of that franchise. So we picked you up because we thought you would be good for our franchise. So let's go out and prove your former team wrong. And they've been doing that through 40 games. The record is 28 wins, 10 losses, and two overtime losses. You get a point for an overtime loss in the right. NHL. So that's 58 points. That's good for first place in the Pacific Division. That's also good for first place in the Western Conference. Isn't so, that insane? It, that, those are video game numbers. Me and my buddy, we, we simulated a season on NHL 18 with Vegas. And about at the halfway point, I think they're doing better in reality than they were on, on NHL 18. James Neal's an 84 and he's their quote-unquote star player on NHL right. 18. Everybody else, even Marc-Andre Fleury, is like an 81. So 99 being the, the top. Yeah. And having a few players that are at least in the 90s, you know, that's what you expect to have in a team. But with an expansion team, you know, all those teams that you listed, one, you have to build chemistry over a number of years. Right. You know, two, you have to, you know, draft or trade or pick up in free agency superstars. You know, a good example of that, Shaquille O'Neal and Penny Hardaway right. for the Magic. And and three, you know, it's it's just a matter of having, you know, just, I mean, establishing yourself in your market. You know, you've got chemistry. You've got you need the need for picking up superstars and just the learning curve of the culture in the market, especially yes. in a place like Las Vegas. Man, it's – to me, it's just insane. And and this actually brings up a point. I, 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 I wonder what's going to happen – when the, the the Raiders go there, do you think that the success that the Golden Knights have had with Vegas is going to kind of, I guess, you're going to see the same success with the Raiders going over there or not? Because I wonder if the city's so excited because this is an expansion team. The Raiders are already an ex established franchise for the National Football League, and they're going over there as an established franchise um, now with the new coach and everything like that, and they're going to be over there shortly. But I wonder if the city will be as excited to have the football team as they are with the, uh, with the hockey team or or not. What, what's your thoughts on it? Well, you know, Shane, I think that John Gruden's really going to – he's going to come in there and he's really going to establish a veteran presence. That's my best John Gruden. Spider-Z-Y banana. Spider-Z-Y banana. Spider-Z-Y banana. <laughs> that's, the <laughs> that's the best John Gruden I can do. I am no Frank Caliendo. But, man, no, John Gruden coming in there, you know – 
picking him up for 10 years at $100 million, I don't know if he's necessarily worth that. Right. But I definitely think to have a familiar face and to have an established veteran coach to bring the team into Vegas, you've got a good franchise quarterback in Derek Carr. I just I just heard this on the radio coming in this morning when you know before our podcast. You've got the defensive player in Khalil Mack, mm-hmm. you know, to establish the defense and give the defense a face. Um, I think the Raiders actually have a better chance of establishing themselves in Vegas than the Golden Knights ever did. Okay, because you've got an established team. You've got you know your franchise quarterback. You've got your franchise defensive player. You've got this. You've got this identity with John Gruden. You know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's just, yeah, you've got you've got all these solid factors that you can bring the team in for a couple of years, and and they're Oakland as as a franchise is building up towards that. They're preparing for for twenty twenty in that regard. Right. Vegas just had to cobble everything together, and you know the the sum is definitely greater than the parts for Vegas. But I do think the Vegas community, as surprising it was, as surprising as it was that they embrace the Golden Knights. I think they'll do the same for the Raiders. Okay. I think they will. And I think, you know, having the backing of, you know, just the new stadium and the growing economy in Vegas, especially with the Golden Knights there and just what's going on, you know, Vegas is on par with Boise um, just in regards as the metropolitan area is growing. Right. And the, the, the suburbs are thriving. And, you know, I, I, I don't see why the Raiders would have a problem. I see. That's awesome. And um, with – Let's go to the Golden Knights. I kind of want to bring up this as well. Here's the thing. Like, for people like myself that aren't, like, major hockey fans, I'm actually – I would consider myself more of a hockey fan now in the last, like, six to seven months than I ever was before, mainly because we've been talking and I've been following you now with the sin man and everything. And I, I have more of this passion for hockey than I had before, which is the whole point that I wanted to bring you onto the podcast. So it's actually working for me, and I love that. So, like, sure, the yeah. reason I brought you on here in the first place is I wanted to expand, like, on my sports knowledge for the listeners, and it's actually hitting me the hardest. So, like, that's what's, that's good. That's so, great. But for other people that – like, you know, might just be the casual hockey fan. A lot of them are talking about the jerseys of the Golden Knights. And since we talked about jerseys with, like, the basketball talk and this and that and had some fun with that discussion, I want to get your, your take on the jerseys for the Golden Knights. Everyone talks about how cool their logo is. I want to know what your, your personal opinion is. Oh, man. I, you know, a, a few people panned the logo. You know, they kind of, they're like, oh, the helmet, you know, just looks silly. And uh-huh. they kind of Photoshopped it onto Magneto from X-Men. They're like, and... uh King Leonidas from 300 and they're like, right. this is, this is Vegas, you know? And it's just, they, they kind of panned it, but no, I love, I love the unique color scheme. You know, you've kind of got that. And if you look closely enough, if you look closely enough, they kind of have like that velvety fabric, like almost like this, like Vegas velvet that you would see like at a craps table or something like that. Okay. So you've got the red, you've got this velvety gold, you've got this gray, and then you've got the helmet and it's just it, it works, you know. You've got the neutral palette for the gray, but then you've also got these gold and kind of a a deep hue of purple to kind of play off the royalty aspect of right. it. And then the red and the gold, and then their alternate logo is the little kind of star cross thing that you see on the yep. Welcome to Las Vegas sign. And so to to really root their identity with the city, but not to go over the top and make it like a gambling reference or anything like that. You know, it's – I love them. I, I think they look great. They did great. a good job. They did a really like, good job. And it's just like you said, there's like this sentimental value like because they were able to take the roots of Vegas. And here's the problem. Like in the NBA with the Utah Jazz, like we'll, we'll probably have a discussion about this later. But like the Jazz is a New Orleans reference, the Jazz. 
So it doesn't really sit with Utah. Now, Utah used to make their jerseys with the mountains, and that was more of a Utah thing. And they're kind of – they have this alternate jersey that's disgusting, but some people like it, some people don't. <laughs> but they also have this alternate court that they're going to make that has the mountains. So they're, they're trying to change things up a little bit in Utah to make it, like, more sentimental to have the roots, you know, because they believe that that, that is a big, important part of a team and an organization. That, that is huge. You have to have some sort of root into the city that you're playing in. It, I, I believe you really do. And the Vegas Golden Knights have done that for the exact, like the way that you just explained it. They've done that. They like found a way to pull like the roots, the fabric, whatever. Like it just looks like you're at a craft table. You know, just the little tiny things like that can get the casual fan like myself and others that I know to pay attention. I, and, and then it also makes the people within the city, you know, feel like they're part of that organization, that franchise, especially with an expansion team that wasn't there before. It's kind of hard to like just get everybody's hearts there because maybe those fans were rooting for other teams. Maybe those fans were like me. I, I live in Idaho. I root for the Utah Jazz, the Dallas Cowboys. I don't live in those cities. But like if a team came here, it'd be hard to drag me away from those. And they did a good a good job at like getting those fans to like really embrace the team. It's just, it's really cool to watch. I want to know if you think the success of this team is going to continue. Or is this just a quick like, oh, we're all hyped up. They're playing well as a team. But and they don't really have the superstar, quote-unquote. They have, like, a lot of good role players that are playing great. Do you think the success will continue on? You know, I do. Okay. I mean, they – I called in to uh, Scott Farrell, Farrell on the bench on October 18th, and, you know, I was, I was kind of stoked about it. I love calling into the national, the national shows on the radio and see if I can get in and, and give my two cents worth. But, you know, when I talked to Scott Farrell and I brought up Vegas to him, you know, I said – you know, this is this is a pretty good start for the team, and he's like, well, yeah, I think they were probably they had like six wins and maybe one or two losses at the time, and he's uh-huh. like, you know, in his raspy voice, he's like, well, you know, it's just something that it's not sustainable, and they're gonna be facing a lot of hard teams coming up, and you know, it just you can't you can't produce that throughout the season. It's Wait, just not gonna work. Where's CC Scott? <laughs> <laughs> I'm right here, Shane. I'm, Thanks, I'm right. I'm right here. I'm back. I'm back. So, but you know, it's. It was something that that was a concern for the guys on that. They're like, yeah, they've got you know formidable opponents coming up, and they're not, you know, they're not going to do too well in regards to the Chicago's or the you know the St. Louis or the Tampa Bay's. Well, they've got some signature wins since that point. I mean, last night even they beat the Chicago Blackhawks five to four, and Chicago they are last in the Central Division, but they've got you know Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane. Corey Crawford, these guys that have won three Stanley Cups on their franchise. You know, they're nothing to shake a stick at. They've built that chemistry. Right. They know what they're doing. But they, on December 14th, they defeated the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins 2-1. to one. They edged the league-leading Tampa Bay Lightning 4-3 to three on December 19th. They shut out the Metropolitan Division-leading Washington Capitals 3-0 to nothing on December 23rd. And... The Western Conference champions from last year, the Nashville Predators, they also shut them out three to nothing on January second. They had a winning streak going back to December third of I wanna say ten oh and one. They were undefeated up until they lost to St. Louis a couple nights ago. Dude. Yeah. I mean they, they pieced together a winning streak and you and you saw those names. You had your Pittsburgh Penguins, you have your you had your right. Tampa Bay Lightning, you had your Nashville Predators, you had your Washington Capitals, these perennial playoff teams. And Vegas is they're hunkering down and they're proving that they can win these tough games. And it's it's kind of exciting. It, it it's actually more than kind of exciting. It's phenomenal. And it's really cool to be a part of. 
So here's what I have for you. If you so when they continue to see the success and they finish off the season strong, I need you to call back to Pharrell. Okay. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. You, you quote him just like you did now, right? And mm-hmm. you use the voice and everything and you shove it right in his face and you were right. <laughs> that it can be sustainable. I want and then we'll have a discussion about that as uh Pharrell tries to tear you apart. Oh man. And you you put him in his place. Oh, I man. can't wait. Oh man. You know, it's well, history is just it wasn't on my side. You know, right. I was stoked because they're they're in our TV market, you know, right. they're a close team, like you said. I mean, I'm a Colorado Avalanche fan. I grew up in Colorado. You know, I was there when they moved from Quebec. You know, I've got my Quebec Nordique swag on today. And they moved from Quebec, you know, for the 95-96 season. And and that was my identity established. But to to fans here in Idaho, this is where the the Vegas Golden Knights TV market is at. So, but, you know, you, (laughs) I mean, history showed that, you know, you had 63 expansion teams that, you know, over the the major four, um, you know, the major four leagues. Right. You know, the NHL, Major League Baseball, NFL, and the NBA. You know, none of them finished their first season with a winning record. the The closest that came was the ninety three ninety four Florida Panthers. They finished thirty three thirty four and seventeen. Close. Close, but <laughs> no cigar. But twenty one of those teams had the worst record in the league in their first season. You know, most notable were the seventy six Bucks, the Yucks, who went zero yeah. fourteen. And the 62 Mets, who lost a Major League Baseball record, 120 games. So, you know, you're talking about just flying in the face of history. It's just a matter of, of statistics. Pharrell, right. I don't fault him. It, it, would, be, it would be a very <laughs> fun and joyous experiment, experience rather to call him back and to be like, Hey Pharrell, listen, you, you were saying that Vegas didn't want to, you know, they, they're not going to be sustainable. They're not going to beat the, they're not going to beat the big boys and, and you're wrong. You're wrong. You know, and just call him back and just kind of do that flamboyant over the top impression. But no, he, he was grounded in history. He knew what he was talking about, you know, and it's just unprecedented is the word that comes to mind. Vegas is what they're doing is just, it's transcendent of, any expansion team that came before them. You know, you talk about the Magic. They had Shaq and Penny, you know, a few seasons after they came into the league. Charlotte, eh, they didn't really do anything. Houston, eh, they didn't really do anything. Um, but, you know, they, they took a little time and they established themselves. Florida Panthers, uh-huh. you know, that I mentioned, they made the Stanley Cup Finals with the Colorado Avalanche in the 95-96 season and the 96 playoffs. And, I mean, they got swept 4 to nothing in the best-of-seven series. But... You know, it takes a number of years yeah. for them to to gel and for them to to really, you know, congeal as a team. Right. Oh man, with all this talk, we've got to go see a game. We have to. So let's let's just okay. So you're you're listening to the podcast. You want to go see a game because you're hyped up. CC's got you like with all the knowledge. We know how successful this team is. We want to go see a game. So. Let's put together like a like I almost said Maisomenos like that was Portuguese that was in my head <laughs> more or less let's put together uh, kind of what we would what we would think so we're here in Idaho let's let's say we're traveling to the game we're we're driving uh, what what do you think the cost of gas would be if we split it two ways right like let's say you're going with with your buddy I'm going with CC to the game and what's like the mileage down there it's like 700 miles is that about right mm. to 720 miles to Vegas yeah I'm not sure I mean I know that. Uh, Boise to Redding. I've got family in Redding, California, and Boise to Redding is about 500 miles. So I'd say, I'd say Boise to Vegas is probably somewhere between five and 600 miles. 
I might be right. Let me see. Yeah. I got 626.5 miles. Okay. So you're right, right about that, 600 miles. Okay, so we're looking 600 miles. We're going to say gas split between the, the two of us. Probably about, what, 150 bucks? Yeah. Total? Yeah, that sounds about we right. To, eh, 150 to 200 bucks. I mean, you could get a, a discount airline ticket for 53 bucks, too. Okay, so let's say we do it through Allegiant. There we ding, go. Ding, ding, ding. That's my name plug. I better get some money for that. Okay, so <laughs> we're going through Allegiant, and we're spending less than 100 bucks round trip or 150 max round trip to go. You have to go on a Thursday, come back on a Sunday or whatever it is. They have their rules. So you go there. We're spending 150 bucks for, for traveling. We get there, and we're going to get a hotel. Do we want to stay on the strip, or do we want to stay outside? You make oh, a call. Oh, man. Oh, I would want to save as much money as possible, so... A discount motel that's not too seedy. <laughs> okay, okay. So let's just say probably in Vegas since I've been there a few times. I mean, you could actually get it. We got Bally's on the Strip for 27 a night when it was in the winter time for the, the Vegas Bowl a couple Holy years smokes. back. Because the Strip actually drops the prices drastically in the winter because nobody's there. Wow. But let's just say, we're, let's just say we, we spend 30 bucks a night on a hotel because I'm sure we can find one in the winter time to go watch a game. 30 bucks a night. Stay there for, for two nights. 60 bucks split it two ways we're looking at about 200 dollars a person so far what's the cost of a ticket at the game oh man i you know i looked at prices at the beginning of the season but knowing that there is an expansion team and now with the success they've yeah. had i would guess probably anywhere between 75 and 100 just for the average average yeah. you know what you're almost like exactly right i was checking it yesterday and that's uh-huh. exactly what i said because the demand's going up oh, and sure you know unfortunately when a team starts doing well you gotta you gotta pay to go see them. of course and, and that's just how course. it is you know what i mean that yeah. happens in any sport so it is it does look like even the cheap seats up at the top of the t-mobile arena are roughly 75 to 100 bucks so we're looking let's say 75 bucks we're we're, we're up to 275 now um food and if you're into gambling which we won't be doing correct because i'm not doing it anymore correct <laughs> i'm not doing it anymore but if you're into gambling you got to at least take out another two to three hundred dollars and that's nope. like talking small nope but so we're not doing that nope not not gonna do that <laughs> so let's just add some food on there we're talking 50 to 100 bucks for food for the couple days that we're there just having fun we're looking at about a 300 dollar 300 dollar trip to go see vegas um for a couple nights and that's flying so the travel's not that long and experience the you know the vegas atmosphere which there are some good things down there he can go see some cool shows if we wanted to do that so let's just say 350 bucks to go see it with 350 bucks be worth it for you to go see a professional hockey team that's seen success and experience vegas for a couple nights and then get back home i, I want to know what your thoughts are oh uh, you already know the answer okay. to this question shane the, the answer is absolutely i okay. mean i i've wanted to go to a, a vegas golden knights game ever since they said that they're putting a franchise in vegas and you know, now that they're pretty well saying that they're going to put an expansion team in Seattle as well. Yeah. I mean, that's another, you know, you know are we going to fly to Vegas or are we going to fly to Seattle? Or you both. Know, or, or both. Why not? Boom, boom. We just yeah. find the schedule so that it matches yeah. up well. <laughs> just fly to Seattle, go straight from Seattle to Vegas, and then go back to Boise. I mean, reporters that, do it all the time. Why can't we? Seriously. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're reporters, right? Yeah. We're, we're, we're quote-unquote media members you right know, we're, exactly well we're more like basement bloggers is what it is well, but you, you have know. <laughs> you have the you have the little pass to get down you just wear the same thing and just go and it looks like you're official and i'm with you i'll just get a oh he's a he's a press member for the echl there yeah <laughs> that's the same thing right exactly not not exactly <laughs> but you know yeah it's man that would just be a, a wonderful it's just an awesome experience to to be 
amongst I mean it gets loud at CenturyLink Arena with 5000 fans. So yeah. to to be a part of uh, 17,000 18,000 fans and all of them singing out sweet golden nights ba 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 see they kind of catered it to yeah you yeah. see what they did there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's kind of their shtick now. It's, I like it's, it. Yeah, it's so so stinking cool to hear that many people and to see the videos taken on the cell phones and that's so cool yeah it, it would be a fun experience to be a part of i would love it so here's what we got to do we're going to wrap it up right now the the goal in mind is to make it to a golden knights game so hopefully cc and i can can make it down to a game and maybe one day well who knows we'll be back and we'll talk about our experience at the game so that people can actually hear what it was truly like from an outsider's perspective that's not from vegas to be able to go down there and watch game was it worth it was it not we'll talk about the prices who knows let's make it happen hopefully somebody else can make it happen that's a listener as well um cc any final thoughts before we we sign off here i just that you know if you haven't seen the vegas golden knights play whether it be on tv or whether in your you're in the vegas market or you want to fly down to vegas if you're close by or or go see a vegas knights game vegas golden knights in another hockey market you know check them out the the hype is real the hype is legit you know, it's not it's not just, you know, superficial. This is this is the real deal. They are historic. And to, to take part in that and to see a piece of history is well worth it. Awesome. You guys heard it here first. CC Hockley, our hockey expert for all the listeners. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Before you leave, please head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. I would greatly appreciate it because it helps me out a ton. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the support.